best. That is one of the best sounds in the whole world is you guys loving and caring for each other. I'm telling you, that's the best thing in the whole world. Um, before the kids come to school, I can, I can handle about three weeks of it being quiet here and on our campus, I mean, and, uh, and then all of a sudden I get a little paranoid. I'm like, Oh, where is everybody, you know? And then all of a sudden the teachers come back and all of a sudden the little kids can all of a sudden they have this marvelous turmoil of stuff going on. And not turmoil in a bad sense, but just lots going on. And it's so good. It's just so good. It's, it's filled with life. It's filled with love. It's filled with people connecting that, uh, that sound of, of you guys doing your thing and Loving and caring for one another in community is just, just huge. So, uh, I'm going to preach for an hour today. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, kids are fantastic. Um, I can tell you, your kids are great. They study hard. They work hard. They play together. Your kids are great. And our teachers do such a good job with them. So grateful for our teachers. Our teachers are sacrificial. Uh, they're, they're, they're not just burning oil from 7 to 5. They're going home and answering y'all's emails and doing all that stuff. And I'd like to just acknowledge Mrs. Mourner, Mrs. Fink, and Mrs. Lewis. And give thanks to God for them today, too. Thank you. Good people. Good people. So we're working on Jeremiah a little bit, and the kids did such a good job with the, with the reading. And I just want to b- bounce back to verses uh, 4 and 5. Uh, it said, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. There's a bigger purpose to your life maybe than what you perceive. Part of it is that in the stages of life with a fourth grader and maybe a couple years older, a couple years younger, your life is so filled with the what of life and where you're going and what's going to happen when you get there and what's going to be in the lunch and what are we having for... I mean, you guys are so deep into the what's. Kind of the why is, is difficult, but it's the why that supports the what. It's the why that allows you to handle things when you're fatigued and tired, when you're worn out and beat up. It's the why that says, okay, I can pack that lunch. We've got four Cheerios and apple and, uh, you know, it, it, it's the why. In, in our text today, Jeremiah gets the why. He, he, he gets the why and the what. God speaks to him and says, before you are anything, I... I I called you. you. You were mine. I knew who you were. I knew what you were all about. And, and in that, God takes the, the why and elevates it for Jeremiah and for you and me, that the crisis of meaning that's going on in our culture is thwarted and, and it, it's just decimated by Christians who have the why. We know who we are. We know what we're all about. We know what our lives is and the meaning of our lives is. We know who God is. We're, we're tied into something that's infinitely bigger than ourselves. And so it makes us resilient and strong and anti-fragile and allows us a deep, rich sense of meaning in an integrated life. I love that picture. A picture that many of you had a number of years ago where you did your pregnancy tests and you went to the doctor and... The doctor said, I'll kick out a few of these pictures. Here's your Bambino. Like, oh, 
I remember when I was a, when I was a young parent, this was cutting edge technology, and they gave you one little picture. You guys, they just sat like my kids had my grandson. They just sat and ripped out fifty pictures, and we we're just going, oh my god. I, he said, Klinkenberg is beautiful in every way and brilliant and wonderful in Atlanta. God says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. What a marvelous blessing that is, that we are identified by God, known by God, loved by God, given purpose by God, before we even had to do one thing. What marvelous clarity there is for us in a culture of randomness and conflict and chaos. We can look and say, wait a minute, I am known by the almighty creator of the universe. And he works his purpose in my life. If you got the book, I'd love to see it because I didn't get the book on my life. Everything's supposed to be. I did not get a book, a, a owner's manual to Tim Klinkenberg's life that said, okay, this decision, that decision, this decision, that decision. Throughout my life, I've kind of made the best guess. And when I was younger, I, I stepped in it a lot more. And you get a little older and you're like, well, I've made that decision. I screwed it up 35 times, but number 36, here we go. I got it. There's not a book, an owner's manual for life. There's faith in Jesus Christ. There's a greater purpose of God. But the plan of God in our lives is being worked out every day. Some days are really easy and some days are really hard, but every day leads us to the greater purpose of what God is doing in and through us. There's not a user's manual. People come to me and, and they say, you know, Pastor, God told me what I should do. And I always say without hesitation, then you better watch out. Because if God came down in a burning bush, if he came down in a cherry fire, if he came down with strangers, and if, he came in a, if God came and he talked to you directly, then there is not a person in Scripture that had it easy after God came and talked to them. But if God speaks to you a little bit by his word and he says, you can try this and do that, and you say, well, that didn't go good, but this did, then you're probably working out the purpose of God and the plan of God in your life. If God tells you directly like he did to Moses through a burning bush, then please call me because I would love to see that. That would be the first burning bush I had ever seen. I think that's pretty cool. But for most of us and almost all of us, the purpose of God is worked out quietly and humbly in our lives. And God's purpose is bigger than just me. Our culture revolves around the I and the me. There's no question about that. You who are raising children know that. But there's something bigger than that. And when we're attached and connected to something bigger than that, the purpose of what we're connected to has a way of drawing us confidently into the future. And God's purpose is broader than just now, just here and now. God created us and redeemed us to be eternal beings. Now, I don't know exactly what we do in heaven. I don't think it's harps and clouds and that stuff. Hopefully, it's got a little bit of football and soccer and fishing and cool stuff to it, but I'll leave that up to God. It's going to be infinitely better than what we got here. But God's purpose in your life is broad. It's bigger than just here and now. 
and it means that you are intimately known. If in tackling all the what's of your life, you've been worn out and kind of feel like you're alone, if you're raising a child kind of on your own, if you're struggling in those relationships and you feel like, hey, no one gets where I'm at, no one gets what my plan and the purpose of my life is, it's powerful to know that through the word and the promise of God that you are intimately known and deeply loved. And God's purpose, God's purpose is being worked out in your life through the love that he has for you. You are not alone. You are not abandoned. God is with you every single day of your life. And so what is that purpose? Well, here it is. If you want to write it down, here's God's plan. Here's, here's God's purpose for, for humanity. From 1 Timothy chapter 2, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator, mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. What's God's purpose? He raised up Jeremiah to say really hard words. Jeremiah had to go and uh, people didn't listen. He, he prophesied for 20 years. People didn't listen. He wrote this scroll, all these words that God told him, really took it to the king. The king shredded it. But God's purpose worked through all of that from 500 years before Christ to the time of Christ when God sent his son into the world to redeem the world so that you and me would be connected into God's purpose so that when we move through this life and work through the planning of God day by day and bit by bit that his purpose, that we would be saved, that that would be worked out in Jesus. The children know that. Your, your kids, your fourth graders, they can tell you the gospel like that. If you ask them, actually, if you ask them to pray, they can all pray. I know it. I love it. Uh, I was at a gathering last week. I said, let's pray. And then I started the Lord's Prayer. And the, the, the group is about a thousand of them. They're like, uh, not our fourth graders, right? We start the Lord's Prayer and they go, our Father. And they go, Lord in heaven. Love that, right? It's God's good will that life goes on in heaven and that you're there. And we deliver that gospel to your kids every day, every day. And I love that. I love the idea that God's purpose is bigger and grander than just now. And so we invest ourselves in the people and the things of eternity. God's purpose God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And I love the puzzle piece thing, right? So God's plan. How do your lives connect? How many people are going to have to bring lunches to school tomorrow? Yep. How many people have homework to do today? Yep. How many people have soccer practice next week? Oh, there's more than two or three. There's like 50, 100 of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. How many people are looking forward to Thanksgiving break? 
what's the plan, right? What's the plan? You got to kind of figure out your plan every day, every week. I remember sending kids to school here, and now I watch my son and daughter send their, my grandson to school in preschool. He's two years old. He's the best-looking kid and the smartest kid in the whole school. I bet you thought yours was. I got news for you. But the gift of God and the plan for your life is received in faith. God doesn't give you a list of things every, to do every day. Rather, he calls you to faith and calls you according to his purpose and says, now walk with me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the plan, right? The plan. We work through it every day through the joys and challenges of life, through the events, the what's, the wherefores, the people. God works out the purpose by linking our days together. And those are received by faith and lived out every single day. Each day that you have is filled with meaning. And I pray that in the rush and the, 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 the hustle of having to do so much, that you take opportunities around the table to close your eyes and take that mental picture of your family, of your kids, of your spouse, of those you love. And be reminded that every day is a day of God's grace and God's favor by which he is working out his plan for you and your life. And then the moments of life that are predictably unpredictable. I love that. I love that things are predictably unpredictable. That I make my plan and I set everything up and then someone calls, you get an email and a text, and you got to go. Or things are going great and things are going fine and then all of a sudden someone's sick. Or things are going good and something's, everything's going fine and all of a sudden our kid's having a conflict at school and then what? Well, it's predictably unpredictable, but we live by faith. Faith in Jesus Christ that calls us to handle those things of chaos and randomness, but to handle them with confidence in our Lord Jesus. And that even the painful, difficult things work their way out for good. And our lives, completely integrated. Not a bunch of random things and random thoughts and random people and random stuff that doesn't connect together. But all of the things that we do and all of the things that we say and the people that we know and the relationships that we value are all interconnected so that God achieves his purpose of our salvation in and through the community of people and the events of our lives and with that he gives us the faith to finish I love that the um, I took this picture out of the devotional book and if you're following along you're gonna love this week's devotion it was written by a professor at Concordia University uh, those of our teachers who are a little older had dr. Baden as their uh, ed psych teacher she's a fantastic teacher a marvelous writer and 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 I love this if you're sitting saying, yeah, but Jeremiah did that, Moses did this, and all of those things, and, and I got to raise a fourth grader, what's the, you know, what's the purpose in that? And I thought this little paragraph really grabbed a hold of kind of the ordinary pieces of our lives. Dr. Baden wrote these, but what if I have nothing important to do in my life? The things I do seem so insignificant, and yet they have to be done. I keep up my home, I go to work at a regular job, I'm raising my children, I'm supporting my family. How is this God's plan for me? I'm just an ordinary person. 
Does God have a plan for me in the midst of this ordinariness? We need to start from where we are in our journey and go from there. Isn't that marvelous? We need to start from where we're at and go from there. Proverbs 16, 3 tells us, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. In your lives of faith, following God's purpose and living out God's plan, there are no ordinary tasks. There are no boring, mundane things. But each and every little piece of your life is filled with intrinsic value and meaning that makes a difference for those you love and serve and makes a difference for you. I pray God would bless you with that kind of realization this week. He would give you the faith to rise up, the faith to go strong, and the faith to finish as he works out his purpose in your lives. Please join me for prayer. Heavenly Father, it's so good to be together today. Thank you for the community of faithful that are here and and that you work out your purpose in our lives. I pray one day we'll all be in heaven singing and, and, and doing whatever we do in heaven. The joy of that, Lord. We look forward in faith to that. Until we're with you in eternity, grant us meaningful days. Days that are filled with richness. Days that are filled with challenges that make us better and stronger. And, and, and grant us people around us to be a blessing to us. To remind us that we're not alone as we live out our plan. But that you, through the community of friends and family, of Christians, those who we know and love, that they would encourage us and we would encourage one another on the way. Thanks for this morning, for the blessing it is to be here, for the words of the children, for the band, for the parents, for just being, Lord, out of the, out of the what for a little bit and being immersed in the why of your great love for us. These things we pray in Jesus' name.